Welcome back to Finding Water, our 10-minute podcast with digital transformation champions. I'm your host, Lisa Wolf, and today we're honored to be joined by Kevin Bernard. Kevin leads our Connected Enterprise Initiative for the ServiceNow Innovation Office, and Kevin's going to share his personal journey and best practices in leading risk transformation for a large financial services institution. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you, Lisa. It's great to be with you and to be with all of our listeners today. So, Kevin, change is inevitable. This year, organizations were required to go through a pretty significant change literally overnight with the pandemic and move whole workforces off-site in just a matter of days. But some of these organizations were not able to make the pivot. How does operational risk and resilience help organizations ensure they can pivot the next time they're hit with an inevitable change. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question. Um, and, you know, operational risk and resiliency, it, it doesn't just help, it ensures that they're going to be able to pivot. It, it's really about the practice of preparation. These disciplines are about ensuring that the continuity plans cover all of the disparate needs of the business. Each event is going to be unique and, and by definition require unique responses based on the realities on the ground. But having a mature living model that's focused on ensuring resiliency will, by definition, ensure that an organization will be able to pivot. Because during those planning processes, the scenarios are gamed out. And, and it's no secret that we all think more clearly in calm circumstances than emotional or reactive ones. Uh, you know, continuity and, and really ITDR, it, it's not about throwing a couple of extra servers in a data center on the other side of the country. It's about ensuring that the business can continue operations at a level that ensures the business itself survives the crisis. And, and I hope that for all, all the IT professionals out there listening, you know, really starting to think about disaster recovery from a business perspective and, and not just an IT perspective. Yeah, excellent, excellent examples there. So in your previous life, you were responsible for business continuity and disaster recovery at a too-big-to-fail financial services institution. What were the three practices that you put in place to ensure resiliency, and how did ServiceNow help with each of those practices? Sure. Yeah, the, uh, you know, we try to not talk about acronyms too much around here, but it was a SIFI, uh, Systemically Important Financial Institution. Um, and, and yeah, you know, the, the, we, we absolutely had to put some key practices in place to, to ensure that we met the regulatory and auditory compliance needs. That was a fiduciary responsibility uh, to meet. That the first and, and, and most important was the full integration between IT and the lines of business. When we started, we, we found that IT had one opinion about what was a critical function or what were the critical functions, and the business had a completely different definition. And, and so we had to first get all of our business processes into the same database as our IT infrastructure and relate them together. And those of us who have been working with ServiceNow for a while can understand what this means. And that painted a picture which allowed us to prioritize IT services in line with the business functions and then reallocate resources where they were necessary. And, and ServiceNow's configuration management database capability was the core of enabling us to deliver that solution. We, we would not have been successful without that key base capability. So then the second was to bring our planning and testing processes to life. 
Um, we brought all the various stakeholders of the business processes into a room, or each individual process, I should say, one at a time, and walked through the recovery plan from beginning to end. And, and just as an aside, we're talking about hundreds of business processes across all of the lines of business of, of my former employer. Um, so it was a big undertaking. This is a month, month-long initiative. Um, but it was enlightening, right, to walk these processes from beginning to end to educate everybody in a highly collaborative, non-confrontational way. And then we leveraged App Engine and what is now our out-of-the-box IRM solution to bring that to life in a standard, scalable, repeatable way that digitized planning, testing, and reporting through Workflow Engine. Um, and we saw that pay dividends with the internal auditors and the external regulators because they put us through stress tests and we passed with flying colors. In fact, a lot of the, the, the regulators said we were, we were best in class with what we had the ability to do. Now, the third is, and, and, and no less important to, to the other two, was continuing the monitoring of the data. Um, the dirty secret of planning processes is that once a plan's written, it stays literally stays on the shelf, right? It goes in a binder on the shelf. Um, we wanted to digitize our plans, and we use knowledge management to make their upkeep and currency part of the daily operating process of the business, inclusive of IT and the non-IT functions. And we pulled key data from disparate sources. So say the location of an office or migration of an application to a different data center. And we used Integration Hub to do that in a standard, repeatable, scalable way to ensure that we'd be ready whenever a crisis hit. And we would do quarterly business reviews with the C-suite uh, and, and leverage real-time data to display these executive dashboards to drive awareness and visibility and currency of the overall readiness. And it was game-changing. So, Kevin, you mentioned that, that part of the challenge was taking risk and resiliency from an IT-driven conversation to a business-focused conversation. What was the hardest part of solving that challenge, and how did you overcome it? Yeah, yeah, it's tough um, because those those cultural chasms are are for real. It, it sounds trite, but honestly, it was just about talking to people and bringing all of the stakeholders together, regardless of where they fell in in the organizational alignment model. So, understanding their needs, learning what was important, and and really by extension what was not, and then aligning the resources to support them. You know, IT doesn't exist for the sake of IT. It exists to support and enable the lines of business. And we had to get people out from behind their keyboards. So like a standing rule was, you know, laptops down, screens down (laughs) during the meetings. We're all talking and listening and learning to each other because we're part of the same team. And when you break down those organizational silos, work really does flow Uh, and it gets easier. Uh, But, you know, it's all about bringing people together and, and, and humanizing the process. And, and that's really where you start to see the, the momentum shift. Yeah. So, Kevin, speaking about humanizing the process, I know that you have been a certified yoga instructor for years. Mm-hmm. Do you see an analogy between your yoga practice and managing risk? And it also seems like managing risk on a global scale would require great emotional equanimity. Is this something that yoga helps you maintain, and do you think it can help others? <laughs> I, I believe I believe equanimity helps so much that I, I have the word tattooed on my forearm. So yes, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know it, it's uh, but it's not in English, so it's it's okay. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, in all seriousness, I mean, absolutely. I've been I've been teaching yoga for over ten years, um, different modalities, different practices, uh, and and we talk all the time about this idea of getting present and and seeing things as they are, not as we would like them to be. 
And often in the business world, we try to present issues in a certain way or frame data in a way that elicits a certain response. But ultimately, that comes back to bite you. And this idea, this practice, this discipline of accepting things as they are, you're able to make more accurate and meaningful decisions and get to the heart of the matter more quickly. And really, the, the biggest one, though, is remembering to breathe. Um, noticing our breath, noticing when we're holding on to stress. And you see it happening a lot now and, and the discussion is happening a lot now um, about mindfulness practices. And, and that's really what it is. Learning to breathe, remembering to take a deep breath, it, it never stops paying dividends. And absolutely, it helps during a crisis. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your best practices for transforming risk, as well as your yoga guidance for transforming life. Uh, thank you, Lisa. I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. And that's it for today's podcast. Please join us again, where we'll dig into best practices on transforming the customer experience. So long for now. Mm -hmm.